When I hear something amazing, oh, and feel free to tell your friends too. So Kohl's, they're having a huge sale on summer stuff. And if you live for sunny days like I do, you need to check it out. I got 40% off a new patio set, Food Network grilling essentials for 20% off, and 50% off those yard games my kids won't stop talking about. Best part? I got an extra $10 off and some Kohl's cash. It almost makes being cooped up all winter worth it. Almost. Select styles. 10 off 25 offer valid May 27th through 31st. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of the GC Sunscast, the longest running Gold Coast Sun show on the interwebs. Uh, thanks to our Patreon sponsors, Dale Snelling, Paul Vosti, Robbie Fiorini, Brody Burgess, Tom Kim and Tim. And I'm your host Shane. Thanks for joining me on what is a very special episode tonight, the 100th episode of the GC Sunscast. And I can't think of anyone better to help me celebrate this occasion then the boys over at AFL Exchange, welcome to the show, Riley, Cal, and Mitch. Yeah, Shane, it's great to be here once again, my second time, actually third time back, so 300, 3% of the show, so good. Fantastic. Good Shane, uh, I'm told that I'm lucky charm on the GC Suns cast, and Paul Vosti tells me that I'm his favourite uh, guest that's been on the show, so I'm happy to roll with that. That's apart from Paul Vosti himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's start off with last night's episode of AFL Exchange. You guys were discussing the greatest ever Suns win after a fantastic win against the Giants on the weekend. Mitch, you made your point evidently clear it was the win against the Tigers two weeks ago. But Riley and Cal, I feel like you guys did your best to try to get out of that question. So I ask you again, what is your greatest ever Suns win? I got it down 2018 against Sydney at the SCG. When they'd lost 11 straight, they were five goals down at quarter time. They had all their top five in their BNF out from the previous year. They came back and won. I thought that was, I remember watching that live and thinking that was an incredible victory and just thinking that upset of the decade, let alone just in that Gold Coast history. And Cal? That was a good one. They also smashed Geelong in 2014, didn't they? Uh, The Cats made the semi final that year, I think. Yeah, that was the game uh, that Harley Bunnell kicked six goals, I think, to to get the Suns over the line in that one. Yeah, so they were obviously on the way up at that point, and, and Gazza was flying, as we all know, and, and things took a bit of a nosedive, clearly, but that was uh, right up there, for sure. Did they, didn't they win two games in a row? They won that one, and then they think they beat Hawthorne the next week. They won two games in a row by 90 points or something like that. Riley spent too much time researching for the quiz tonight. <laughs> we win. Uh, mine would probably be the first ever Q clash. It was the second or third time I'd ever seen the Suns live, the first win I'd seen. All the media hype surrounding that game as it was built up with uh, terms for Riscatelli and Brennan being labelled mercenaries. And then... The on-field performances, we saw, had the high-flying marks. Nathan Cracker took a specky, uh, some fantastic goals. It was high-scoring. It was a really good contest. So that would be my favourite out of all of the wins. Uh, did you guys get your Suns membership sorted for this year? I spoke to Mitch early in the year, and he said he was a paid-up member. I know you, Cal, and Riley were waiting for a call from your friend Noah Anderson to convince you guys to sign up and get over the line. How did that go? 
Yeah, well, they haven't lost since I signed up. <laughs> so they're two from two since I joined as a member. And yeah, I did actually send it to Nara and he said I was the lucky charm. So obviously, uh, yeah, he's his message got through to me. But yeah, I'm a member again. I don't think Mitch actually signed up. He just didn't unsign up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I checked my credit card in January and the, the money being taken out again. I'm happy, more than happy to continue. I'm still waiting on my back, so I need to follow up. Me too. With Mark Evans and, yeah. and Tony Cochran to see where that, where that is. Who'd you go with in the badge, Mitch? Pardon? Who'd you go with in the badge? Well, I didn't get to pick, but if I did, it'd probably be Jack Bowes or Charlie Ballard, I reckon. What about you, Riley? I went with Noah. Noah? Cal? Yeah, I, I can't remember, but I, I think it was either Noah or... or... Benny Ainsworth. No love for Matt Rowell? He's too mainstream these days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's, uh, he needs to get a kick. <laughs> no, no he's, he's obviously uh, come back a little bit slow. I'm taking the mic there. I'm clearly not being serious. He's, um, it's been an interesting sort of comeback from him, hasn't it? The, the expectations on him were probably a little bit uh, heightened because of what we saw last year and yeah, he's been working his way back into the side, and you've got to remember that he's in his second year and played, what, he's nearly up to, what, 10, 11 games now? Uh, I'm not sure exactly, but it'd be around that. So, yeah, the expectations are probably more at a real-world sort of sense than the excellent extra sort of stratosphere he, he reached last year. Yeah, he only had seven touches for that game, but it was what he did off the ball that really impressed. Of course, he got that goal... Uh, in the dying minutes of the game to help get us into the lead. But it was the 36 pressure acts. That was a game high for anyone on the field. Uh, He just really knows what to do, even if he doesn't have the ball. So that was really impressive. But it's not often that we get you guys on the show after a win. I think this might actually even be the first time. But uh, let's talk about the win over the Giants. It was a gritty one-point victory for the Suns, the first in their history. 10 goals, 5.65 to 9 goals, 10.64. Multiple goal scorers were Miller, Day and Sexton with two apiece. Miller had 35 disposals, 16 contested possessions and 14 tackles to go with his two goals. I mean, Tuke Miller, what more can you say? He's doing it all at the moment. I reckon he might start regretting not challenging that one match ban he got earlier in the year. On Brownlow night, he might have a few second thoughts. I remember being surprised at the time that he didn't take that to the tribunal and just sort of chance his arm a little bit. But now I reckon six weeks ago in the season, he'd be right up there in the Brownlow fighting, I reckon. What are you saying? Corey McKernan might get a call um, <laughs> when we're talking about players that have missed out through suspension and winning the Brownlow. He might. He might have to. So, um... So how did you guys see this game? I don't expect you travelled to the cold, windy conditions of Ballarat. Um, it was, from all reports, uh, a very cold day, very windy, uh, not the sort of uh, football conditions we're used to seeing in the modern day. Um, Cal, we, you've spoken about how much you love going to Ballarat before, the uh, watching academy games and so forth. How did you feel we went? I felt like we sort of able to beat the Giants at their own game and out-muscle them for a majority of the day. Yeah, I reckon the midfield battle is different from Took Miller, but the other guys that stood up around him, even Chris Burgess taking it up to Murray in the ruck was a big uh, tick for the for the Suns, especially that Giants midfield that's uh, had a stack of options. Even Stephen Canelio, they didn't roll the dice with him again. They, they played him through the twos. It shows the depth they've got 
in that Giants midfield. So I think that was a big tick for the uh, for, for the Suns. Yeah, I mean, you look at their midfield, the the Giants, and it's beast ball winners, isn't it? And there probably has been a reliance on Took Miller to carry the load on that front, but clearly they they shared that, and yeah, I think it was a one of their better wins for a, a long time in terms of the Suns and what they're able to do. So yeah, it looked a bit worrying there late, didn't it? And it looked like the Giants were going to hold on, but they probably had the better of the game, really. Uh, maybe the, the scoreboard didn't tell that story for a little bit, but yeah, maybe by the end of it, it did. So, yeah. How were you going, Shane, when Toby had that kick? I have a confession to make. I didn't actually watch the game live. I was in the middle of building a, a wall at the back in the, in the yard. So I watched it later, a few hours later, and uh, I did my best to stay dark uh i was ignoring the phone but there were messages coming through there was the notification from the afl app saying watch the last two minutes so i knew it was going to be a close game and it was probably with about eight minutes left in that final quarter that i gave in i couldn't handle the suspense anymore and i um i checked the app and it said the suns had won by a point and i thought that's all i need to know and I just enjoyed the last few minutes in a bit of a bliss because it can be stressful sometimes as a Suns supporter watching close ones. Yeah, fair enough. One other player as well, David Swallow. I think one of his best games in a while. I've been critical on him not performing to this level that he probably could have in recent seasons. And uh, yeah, I think his best game in Suns colours for a long time. Yeah, Swallow's one that's gone under the radar a bit of late. He had a really good start to the season, but has been a bit slow recovering from that concussion a few weeks back. Um, Brandon Ellis, he had 41 disposals, uh, 17 contested. He's been really impressive for the Sun since coming over, and that was probably one of his best games for us. How do you rate Brandon Ellis and his performance since he's moved from Richmond? I know at Richmond he was... A, a bit of a whipping boy among the fans there. But up here, he, he's really thrived and he's become a key component for to the Suns' midfield. Yeah, and it's not, it's not just on the field, is it? It's off the field. I think there was some of that that they were looking for when they brought into the club. An off-field guy who's not only tasted success, but is extremely hardworking in the way he trains and prepares and he's pretty elite at that. So I think he left Richmond on pretty good terms. And yeah, for a guy who had maybe not the most privileged background, there was an opportunity for him to really uh, make the most of his career. So it was a long-term deal on the table. And yeah, I don't think there was any hard feelings at all from Richmond when he went. And look, they've been able to replace him. They won a flag without him. But also, I think he's been pretty handy for what the Suns were looking for him um, from him. So yeah, what he's played basically every game over the last couple of years, he's durable, he's, he's athletic, he, he's a good He's a long-distance runner, so yeah, I think he ticks a lot of boxes and he's made a pretty good choice for him. Particularly as a club that you know, gave up money and salary cap space for him, but he, he came for nothing in terms of free agency. So, and, yeah, go so I was going to the role change. I just didn't see that from him at Richmond. I didn't see him as that player that could go in and be a full-time midfielder. I mean, we saw him play half-back, a bit of a wing when he was with the Tigers. I didn't think he could make that jump, I thought. He sort of recruited at the same time, around the same time as Hugh Green, but I thought he'd be doing the majority of it. But they've actually worked pretty well in tandem with him. I'm sure we'll get to Hugh Greenwood and his injury as well later in the show. But 
I've got to admit, I've put my head up and so I just didn't see this coming from him in terms of the way he's been able to adapt so strongly to that position. Yeah, he's been really impressive. Um, what worked on this game for the Suns? There's been a lot of, uh, I guess, pressure on the Gold Coast Suns with Stuart Dew and his coaching. He There's also been a lot of talk after this game with the way Stuart Dew took the gamble to get Took Miller onto the field uh, at the expense of having one less player on the ground for a period of time. What do you guys make of this? Because it's probably one of the first signs that we've actually seen Stuart Dew make a real tactical coaching decision on game day. Yeah, I like that. The fact that he rolled the dice and, and been able to get that win. Uh, also, like what they've been able to do with Sam Day coming back in that team. He only had six touches, but 12 hit outs. He just straightens them back up a little bit. And um, Chris Burgess, as I mentioned before, and just back to that midfielder's role. There's no Hugh Greenwood in that team. For that young field to stand up without best inside clearance player, um, it just shows the leaps they've taken. Now I'm keen to see what happens with Will Brody. Does he come back in? Does Braden Fiorini get the last six games of the season? Uh, it's a good chance for these other these guys to stand up off the back of it. And we've seen the last two weeks, Vainsworth as well come back in his second best on ground against the Tigers, according to the coaches. So uh, <clears throat> it's been good to see some of his spark back. And yeah, I think uh, Drew's spoken a couple of times that if he can just make the most of his opportunity at the end of the, the passage of play, then we're going to see a guy that gets rewarded for his work as well. Yeah, it was a really good win. Um the way that they they had the the courage to take the game on, we discussed their pressure. It was some of the best pressure that uh, they brought since early in the season. Um, they they had the the nous to run the ball and carry it uh, when they were going into the wind and kick long when they were going with the wind. So that was really good maturity to see that. Um, so. The the contested ball was another issue for the Suns, but it seems like there's uh, the ability that contested ball isn't as important as what it once was in AFL, and that's probably highlighted by not only the Suns winning with a, a minus 28 contested ball against the Giants, but uh, the Sydney Swans defeating the Bulldogs later that day with minus 30 contested against the, the Bulldogs. Um so how, how do you guys see contested ball in the modern game? Depends what you value, really. I mean, look at Hawthorne throughout their successful period. They were always towards the bottom of the contested possession because contested possession differential stats. So they've been a side sort of been able to buck the trend a little bit. Um, I sort of think it does. Like, look at Melbourne. Melbourne's not the best clearance team, but the best team in the comp at the moment. So it really goes down to what you value and, I think they were never going to win that contested game against the Giants, as you mentioned. But so maybe they value pressure around the ball once the contest gets won. Mm. Good, good idea. Yeah. And I want to get your take on the Vic Suns Army, the group of supporters down there in Victoria that's come out in force in the last two games to support the Suns, banging the drum and getting loud and proud. Um, you guys in the media must be loving this. A bit of good news, a bit of something different than what we're probably used to seeing. Best thing I've seen since the Source Squad that the Lions put together. <laughs> what what are the, what are they calling the Sun Squad? You know, is it has it got some sort of tag or name? Because well, that's been impressive. Up in Queensland at Metricon, they're called the Sun Screamers. 
but I feel like the ones in Victoria are separating themselves and calling them calling themselves the Vic Sons Army. Right. Okay. But where are they from? Are they all like Carey boys, or <laughs> do we know what they're linked to? The Sons is, if any. Um, not that not that you need one, I guess. I mean, you can just adopt them like we sort of have, but. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure you see any of us with the drum, but uh, <laughs> certainly the atmosphere uh, against the Tigers in particular was pretty incredible, wasn't it? And, um, against the Army, they yeah outshone them at uh, Marvel Stadium. Yeah, we've had Jordan, the drummer, on the show before. He's uh, just trying to support the boys and make as much noise as they can. They usually have to outnumber the opposition crowd, so the drum makes sense there. Uh, as far as the Richmond game, though, it seemed to be, uh, from what I've heard, it was a just it just sort of grew. The longer that game went on, and the more it looked like the Suns were in a winning position, uh, the neutrals just sort of got around them, and it, it just grew and grew from that. I guess everyone loves loves beating up on Richmond these days. And I love how brash they were as well to give the Richmond fans a send off, which I like. <laughs> you know, if you're going to adopt the Suns, you've got to be a little bit out left center. So that was good. Yeah, and we have to remember back to the Collingwood game at the G earlier in the year. The the Suns Army got real involved there and even brought out their own version of the Collingwood uh, cheer, which I think ruffled a few feathers. Well, they're just waiting for their team to come through with it. So they're ready for it. They need some things to cheer on. The last fortnight's been pretty good. All right. Well, I think it's time to move on now. Uh, let's move on to a couple of segments you guys are familiar with over on your show, AFL Exchange. And the first is Hang On A Second. So, Hang On A Second, did Miller just become the Suns' best player since Ablett? Oh, that's a good question. Probably. Since he left or since, like, are we talking number two of all time? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'd like that. I mean, for a long period, the clubs wanted him in a leadership position. I mean, he narrowly missed out um, on the captaincy when they had that vote a couple of years ago when they gave it to Jared Witts and, and David Swallow. He narrowly figured prominently in their thoughts. So it's clearly highly rated around the club. I think now you're starting to see that, that grow externally. What about Tom Lynch? Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd say Lynch is there only other All-Australian apart from Ablett. So if Took Miller becomes an All-Australian this year, then maybe he enters that conversation. But in terms of pure best player, not body of work, I'm, I'm going Lynch. Okay. Um, I feel like Lynch didn't play enough games for the Suns, but then that's probably more my recent memory. Uh, I think he spent the last couple of years on the Suns list injured and only played half a season in those years. Now... Shane, I, I've got AFL tables up in front of me. And, uh, Took Miller's played one more game than Tom Lynch at the Suns. So, uh, well, hang on a second, Shane. Hang on uh, a second, Shane. Oh, hang on a second, did you? Why hang on a second is, hang on a second, why can why is Alex Sexton not producing more of that week in, week out? Why is he getting dropped every week, every second week? He Two goals in the weekend. He laid some pressure for the first time in a while. Have he been dropped? Touches. Has he been dropped for this week? Have you got this no, week? no, no, no. I mean, why is he not producing more consistent performances like we saw on the weekend? And why does he keep dropped? Yeah, you're right. Um, I mean, Sexton's one of those players that could be anything, but a lot like of the 
a lot of the the development at the Suns, we we haven't really seen the best of any of these players except for maybe now Tuke Miller. Um, so Sexton's right up there though as one of those players that should be delivering more. Hang on a second. Is there any danger of Gold Coast having a good run with injury? This is a club that has been absolutely tortured with setbacks to its key players over a decade now. Uh, I know there's there's just bad luck, but uh, Hugh Greenwood on the weekend is the latest casualty. We know Jared Ritz has missed you know, most of the season, which has been a massive body blow. So, yeah, I think that um, at some point the luck has to turn. So hopefully this is the end of that era of injuries and we see a, a new era start in 2022. Absolutely, Cal. I think a lot of Gold Coast Suns fans would agree with you on that one. Um, let's move on to things that should happen. Um, Gold Coast should play finals next year. They should. They should. They should. Uh, they've got to. They've got to. I think they have to. Probably for Stuart Juice, like they probably have to. More, more, I got things that should happen. Stuart Juice should regrow his hair. Like, he should get the long locks from the start of COVID happening again. That was awesome. They played better footy when he had long hair. They, they, they slipped down the ladder in 2020 when he had his hair. That's not a coincidence. Things that should happen. The Crows are not going to re-sign Daniel Tarley anytime soon, so the Suns should get on the phone and offer him a contract. He's only 29. Uh, yes, he's had his injury problems, which I know getting back to Cal's point doesn't help the Suns, but... If he can get his body right in the Queensland Sun, he's a good leader. Uh, he's what the Suns need to assist uh, Ballard and Sam Collins down there. I think he'd be a good fit as, a, as an unrestricted free agent. Particularly with you know Roy Thompson's body issues over the past two and a half years. So. Yep, 30-plus years old. Uh, he's missed the last few years of football, and it's become really evident that when the Suns don't have Collins in the side... They're very vulnerable down back. So a replacement for Thompson uh, would certainly help Collins and Ballard and the like uh, down in defence. Things that should happen, Will, should get, Will Powell should get more credit. Will Credit should get more power. Will, Will Powell should get more credit. If he was playing a Hawthorne, he'd be getting the same amount of love that Will Day gets every time he steps on the field and tackles GF. So he's a star. Absolutely, and there's no surprise that uh, North Melbourne and other clubs came after Will Powell in last year's trade period, but he's sticking with the Suns, absolutely loves it up here, and why wouldn't you? Um, Moving on, who would you rather, Ben King or Max King? Ben. 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 Is that just because this is a Gold Coast show, or do you genuinely believe that? We haven't had the ACL. He's, what is he, third on the Coleman this year? I think he's become a bit more consistent than, than Max. Yeah, he's a year ahead for a start, isn't he, in terms of his development, as you said, Mitch. Um, how we place him up, Max's performances in 2022 versus Ben in 2021, that'll be interesting, I think. But that's, uh, yeah, it's a, or both. Can I answer both? <laughs> yeah, and all this talk of uh, the twins playing together again, I just can't see it happening. Um, for instance, I just don't see the team structure fitting in. Ben King's trained the last three years as a forward and basically the same position as Max. I I can't really see them fitting into that same side together unless Ben was to go back to being a defender, but I feel like he's 
he's sort of set now as a forward and a damn damn good one at that. Yeah, I, I struggle to say it myself in some ways. Like if he, if he was going to move clubs, I'd, I'd see other clubs as being better fits for him. Yeah, mm. um, but I hope he doesn't, and I hope at least he he gives it that six years, and, and then if he's having to think about it at that point after two more at the end of next year, then. You know, you're allowed to make life decisions clearly, but I think that you know, yeah, he's he's such a good player, he's such a crucial player to them. You can see them also looking around for, you know, some support for him next year to make sure that it's not just king or nothing uh, in attack. Maybe Max goes to Gold Coast Cup. Well, it would be a nice fit. He's just signed a four-year deal, so I'm, I'm not sure St Kilda would be uh, that keen to get rid of him. But yeah, he's uh, yeah, they're both special players, aren't they? All right, next, who would you rather, Matt Rowe, Noah Anderson, or Elijah Hollands? You can only pick one. A Rowe, but just. I'm going to put Elijah Hollands on the wheel and Matt Rowe on the field. <laughs> Noah. Noah, for me. Noah, all right. He's got a high ceiling. Yep, well, Noah is listed as a test and could be back this week, so great news for Noah Anderson fans like yourself. Um, and now it's time for the moment we've all been waiting for, the GC Suns cast AFL Exchange quiz. Um, who will be crowned the AFL Exchange number one Suns fan? I couldn't think of a better name, so we'll just stick with that. <laughs> if you're really going to go like full AFL Exchange, you should have turned that into an acronym, Shane. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. It will take me too long. <laughs> all right. So let's start off. Um, first of all, it's you guys need to call your name as your buzzers. So Mitch, Riley, and Cal. You guys got that? <laughs> all right. Cheeto. Question one. Who kicked the first AFL oh, goal for the... Riley. Charlie Dixon. Yes, one point to Riley. Two. Who kicked the winning goal on the Suns' first win? <sighs> I remember this. I can. I remember the goal. I don't remember what it is. Um, Mitch, was that guy? He's from Tasmania. Who was the? <laughs> was he a Tasmanian? I think the Suns have had a few Tasmanians play for them. No. No. No one's gonna. All right, mm-hmm. we're all out. The answer for that was Luke Russell. Tasmanian. Tasmanian. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so one point, Riley. Number three, what year was the Suns' highest ladder finish and what was it? Yep. 2014 ninth. No. Hmm. Mitch, 2014 10th? No. Riley, 2014 10th. 2015 10th. No, you guys had the right year, 2014, but the answer was 12th. They've never finished higher than 12th. Yeah, I wouldn't be asking that question. (laughs) (laughs) All right, this is a hard one. Number four, who was the Suns' first captain in their first ever VFL game? Captain the side in 09 and 2010. Cal. Right, Cal. Josh Toy? No. Oh, that's a good guess though, Cal. Mitch? Yep. Sam Isles? No. Did he play the Gold Coast? Yeah, he did. I think he came across. Any Stanley. <laughs> nah. All right, nah. Riley, 
No guess. I'm trying to think of an inaugural son. Did they play in the first AFL team? I'll give you a hint. He played one AFL game. Was he in our 22 under 22 team? I don't think so. <laughs> no, the not. answer is Mark Lock. Oh, Mark with a C, I think. Lucky. Yep. All right. Only four questions down, and only one has been answered, thanks to Riley. You know what? I remember that game was against Carlton. I remember being a 17 year old Carlton supporter at the time and just watching. It's like England and the penalty shooter. <laughs> I know, right? Um, okay. All right. Next question. Only one Suns player has kicked a goal after the siren to win the game. Oh, Cal. I think that was Cal. Yep. Oh, oh, oh spare me. Cal Michael. Oh. Cans. Yep, that's it. One point, Riley. One point, Cal. Okay. Um, Gold Coast Suns have had two draws in their history. Name the sides that drew. Mitch. Yes. One of them was Essendon. Yep. Great question. Oh, I've got it. I've got it. Riley, if he, if he passes it up. Go uh, for it. Bulldogs. No. Wasn't it, didn't they, wasn't it that game where they... Oh, no. 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 <laughs> All right. Again. No, no answers. No takers. No, Cal. All right. Uh, I'm going to give Mitch half a point because he got, got it right. First one. The second team was West Coast. Didn't, was... they draw, didn't they draw with the dogs in that game where they kicked six lines in a row to finish or something? No. No. That was... <laughs> that was... Yeah, game, maybe. No. Yeah, I think the dogs won that game. That last year, that was a close game that dogs won. And I think you're talking about one that might have happened four or five years ago. At Marvel. And, and I think Bond kicked, Bond kicked missed from like 20 out directly in front. the Suns held on to win that game. Yep. It was Billy Gowers who missed out for the siren. All right, Cal, don't disappoint me on this one. Okay, so this is a nearest to the pin. Whoever has the closest number to the answer gets the full points. Um, the question is, how many Rising Star nominations have the Gold Coast Suns received? Cal, I'm going to go with 23. Mitch, Riley? What are we? It's near, nearest to the pin. How many Rising Star nominations have Suns players received? 12. What was that, Mitch? 25. 25, Riley, 20, uh, Cal, 23, and Riley, 12. Uh, let me do my maths. Riley is six off. I mean, I'm closest. That means Cal's closest with five off. The answer is 18. Um, Matera, Smith, Swallow, McKenzie, Caddy, O'Meara, Nichols, Collajasny, Martin, Saad, Miller, Wright, Ainsworth, King, Raul, Butterick, Rankin, and Anderson are the nominations. Noah's the one who tips us over. Tip me over. <laughs> Beautiful. Good enough. Okay. So what's that? Uh, Cal two points, Riley one, and Mitch half a point. Made a hot start, mate. I'm like, I'm like every Gold Coast season. <laughs> <laughs> Another nearest to the pin. What was the Suns' biggest win? 
against Hawthorne Grand Prix 2017. Cal, yep. 91 points. Riley, Riley 96 points. Mitch? 89. And the answer is 86. Mitch is the winner there. Mitch jumps ahead of Riley with one and a half points. I thought it was 96. <laughs> All right. Now, this is a who am I? So, I'll go through each sentence. You lose a point. So, the sooner you answer, the more points you can get. This is a big one. Three points up for grabs. Who am I? Born in 1998, I have played 73 games after making my debut in round one, 2017, against the Lions. That's three Cal. Cal. It is Jack Bowes. No. For two points. Mitch. I have, yeah, Rick. Mitch? Charlie Ballard. No. Nah. All right. Cal. Riley. <laughs> <Well, laughs> Riley. No, Riley, Riley's next. Cal's already gone. Oh. Ben Ainsworth. No. All right, you're all back in. <laughs> For two points, I have a famous great uncle. Oh, crap. I've got the wrong one. Uh, <laughs> who said Jack Bowes? Me. How are you in? <laughs> Three points for Cal. <laughs> I have a famous great uncle who bowled Don Bradman in the 32-33 Ashes series. I have played almost all positions on the ground, but I have settled in the back line of late. Is, does Bosey's Bozy, got an uncle who bowled out Don Bradman? Yep. I thought Wayne would be a better cricketer as a result of that. <laughs> I was born and raised in Cairns and taken as an academy selection after a matching bid against Sydney. So, um, we've got Al on five points now, Mitch on one and a half, and Riley on one. Still a lot. All right. For three points, who am I? I made my Gold Coast Suns AFL debut in 2012 against the Bulldogs. I have since played 148 games for the Suns with my 100th in 2019 against the Bulldogs yet again. No takers? Okay, two points. My career best season was 2018 playing... Alex Sexton, Cal. Yeah, Cal's got it. <laughs> What did you off? What's that? What did you off? It was the uh, 2018. <laughs> so that's seven points for Cal. And Cal, you are the AFL Exchange number one Suns fan. I didn't need the quiz to tell me that, Shane. <laughs> 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 oh. Oh. All right. Well, uh, that just about does us for today. There's a couple of things left to run over, though. Um, in the VFL, it wasn't so successful for the Suns. They lost to the Giants by 40 points there. Brody had 38 disposals. Jeffrey's looking impressive with three goals. And Farah, 24 disposals and one goal. Uh, those three are all lot pushing for a, a case in the AFL side, especially with Hugh Greenwood being ruled out for the season. Uh, lucky for us, it's not his ACL, it is his MCL. So the Suns expect him to be back for the start of pre-season. Um, also, the fixture has been announced and the Suns will now be playing Melbourne in round 19 in Darwin. 
So that will be another interesting game. It looks like the Suns will also be wearing their Indigenous guernsey again to uh, honour the Indigenous heritage. And uh, Lockie Weller didn't last long in his VFL comeback. He suffered a concussion and will be ruled out for next week's game. And Anderson and Corbett are a test, so they can hopefully come back and take on the Bulldogs this week at Metropolitan Stadium. All right, guys. Uh, any final closing comments? No, we're, we're pleased that you had us on, Shane. We always enjoy coming on, so thanks for that. And we love your support of the Suns. It's great. Oh, thanks, guys. Um, I hope hopefully thanks, Cal guys. doesn't let the uh, number one Suns fan goes to his head on the, <laughs> on the show next Monday. Uh, I'll be listening for that. Maybe you come up with the uh, acronym for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks again for joining us, and until next time, go Suns! Summer happens at Speedway, because everything you need for summer happens at Speedway. Like drinks, drinks happen. The freshly brewed drink, the splashed over ice drink, the wake you up drink, the cool you off drink, the make your brain hurt for a minute drink. All poured however you want them, whenever you want them, all summer long. So on every hot day, you have something cold to sip. Speedway, summer happens here. And now, get any size fountain or speedy freeze for just 99 cents. Excludes maximum. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air.